Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor of Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we're starting a brand new series of sermons that we're calling One Small Step. Now, of course, I don't think it's possible to preach a series of sermons called One Small Step without at least spending a little bit of time talking about Neil Armstrong and his famous quote. But what we're really focusing on during this series is we're going to be talking about something that many of us find every bit as challenging as putting someone on the moon. We're going to be talking about sharing our faith. And specifically, we're going to be thinking about small steps we can all do to do a better job of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. So let's get right into this episode sermon. Descending from the ladder that was attached to the lunar module, he uttered those famous words that were heard by more than 650 million people watching all over the globe. When he said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And you know what? Neil Armstrong was absolutely right. All that it took for him to get down from the lunar module and land on the surface of the moon was one small step, literally. And because he skipped the last couple of runs on the ladders, he was descending that step only was about three feet down. But Neil Armstrong never would have been able to make that one small step if it wasn't for giant leaps that mankind made along the way. Because what you have to remember is that Neil Armstrong's one small step happened after Apollo 11 had traveled more than 240,000 miles through space just to reach the moon. Now, to put that number into perspective for you, traveling 240,000 miles is like going around the equator 10 times. So that is not a small step by any means. But in my mind, Having Apollo 11 actually travel those 240,000 miles and arrive at the moon may be the least impressive thing that we had to accomplish to put a man on the moon. And what I mean by that is you have to remember that we didn't even have a rocket that was powerful enough to go to outer space until 1942. And that rocket, the V-2, was barely powerful enough to go the 60 miles it needed to go to officially enter outer space. And at that point, in 1942, all we could put into space was a rocket. It would take another 15 years before we had a rocket that was powerful enough to take something into space with it. That's what the Soviet Union did when they launched Sputnik, using R-7 ICBM rockets to put it into space. And even then, Sputnik only went about 350 miles into space. So we still had a long way to go to travel the 240,000 miles we needed to travel to reach the moon. So when NASA was officially founded in 1958, I don't know if anybody that was working there at the time could have possibly imagined that less than 11 years later, a person would be walking on the moon. But over the course of those 11 years, we made giant leaps forward. So in 1961, Yuri Gagarin became the very first person to ever travel through space. By 1965, astronauts were able to walk in space. By 1968, a crew of three astronauts even safely revolved around the moon. And as impressive as all of those feats are, none of them would have been possible if it wasn't for a team of thousands of people working right here on Earth. 
our dreams of space exploration and putting a man on the moon a reality. NASA actually estimates that it took more than 400,000 scientists and engineers and technicians working together for more than a decade to enable Neil Armstrong to become the first person to walk on the moon. So again, Neil Armstrong was absolutely right when he said that that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Well, isn't you that happy with us, right? I mean, you didn't come to church today, whether you're here in person with us or joining us online, to hear me talk about space exploration. That's not what we do at church. So why did I spend the first few minutes of the sermon talking about Neil Armstrong and Apollo 11 and all the effort that it took to put a man on the moon? Well, today at Mount Heights, we are starting a brand new series of sermons called One Small Step. And I just have to admit, I don't think it's possible to preach a sermon series called One Small Step without at least mentioning Neil Armstrong's famous quote. But that's not actually why I spent all the time talking about the effort it took to put a man on the moon to start the sermon. I spent all that time talking about the effort that it put, took to put a man on the moon to start the sermon. Because throughout the series, we're going to be talking about something that many of us find to be every bit as difficult and challenging as putting someone on the moon. Throughout the sermon series, we're going to be talking about sharing our faith. And for many of us, the idea of sharing our faith seems every bit as hard as sending someone to the moon. Be honest. That's how a lot of us feel. For many of us, the idea of sharing our faith seems as hard as sending someone to the moon. And there's a lot of reasons why we feel that way about sharing our faith. There's a lot of reasons why sharing our faith seems that hard. And I think one of the biggest reasons is that a lot of us have had negative experiences in the past when someone has tried to share their faith with us, right? And I can't think of many people who had a worse experience than the one that my my mom had about four years ago. Now, this story took place, you know, when I was just a baby, and I was first learning how to walk. So, as my mom tells the story, she had taken me, and she had plopped me down in one of those baby walkers. Y'all know what I'm talking about, little circle things with wheels on the bottom. You put babies in them, and their legs kind of dangle like this. You kick them around, and they can move that thing around like a Fred Flintstone moving his car, right? Well, my mom had put me in one of these baby walkers when somebody rang our doorbell. And I wasn't really moving around or doing much at the time, so she popped up the baby gate, went downstairs to see who was at the door. When she opened up the door, there were two guys standing there in white shirts and black ties. And they had come so they could share with their faith with my family. Well, my mom stood there and politely listened to these two guys for a few minutes when I decided it was time to start putting my baby walker to good use. So I started kicking my little legs around, and it didn't take long before I found myself at the edge of the stairs. You probably see where this story is going. Because when I got to the edge of the stairs, I didn't stop. I kept kicking my little legs until I eventually pushed the baby gate over and took my baby walker for a ride right down the steps. When I got down to the bottom of the steps, I wasn't happy about my trip. Put it that way. So I was sitting there, laying there, whatever, at the bottom of the steps, crying my eyes out. And when my mom looked over at me, one of those two guys that was standing at the door had the audacity to say to her, He can wait. This is more important. Yeah, I 
saying worse things to a mother in that situation. So my mama did what any good mama would have done. She slammed the front door in that dude's face, and she came over to take care of her baby. And i got to tell you, if my mom didn't already have a relationship with God before those two guys showed up at our front door to share their faith with her, I don't think she had a relationship with God today. Because honestly, wants to have a relationship with a God that doesn't want you to take care of your kid when they've just fallen down a flight of stairs. For a lot of us, the idea of sharing our faith seems difficult because we don't want to be like the two guys in this thing. We don't want to be that way. And if that's how you feel, if you've been afraid to share your faith because you don't want to be like those two guys in somebody else's story, well, I've got some good news for you. All right? Here's the good news for you. You don't have to be pushy to share your faith. You don't have to be presumptuous to share your faith. You don't have to be pretentious to share your faith. You don't have to put on a shirt and tie to share your faith. You don't have to go around and knock on doors in your neighborhood to share your faith. And you definitely don't have to be a jerk to share your faith. So what does it take for us to share our faith? What do we need to do to share our well, there's actually a pretty easy answer to that question that we find in the scripture passage that I wanted to take a closer look at today. So if you've got a Bible close by, let me encourage you to go ahead and grab it and turn with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And just by saying that, there's some of you that think you know exactly where the rest of this sermon is headed, because Matthew 28 contains one of the most well-known passages in the entire Bible. Matthew 28 contains a passage that we refer to as the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Jesus tells us as his followers, as his disciples, that we are to go and share our faith, that we're to go and make disciples. But I'm actually not talking about the Great Commission today. Because the Great Commission, it does a great job of telling us what we're supposed to do as followers of Jesus. We're supposed to go. We're supposed to share our faith. We're supposed to make disciples. But the Great Commission doesn't exactly tell us how to do that. But there is passage a little bit earlier on in Matthew 28 that tells us how we can share our faith. So with that in mind, I want to take a look at Matthew 28 together, and I want to start reading in verse 1. So here's what Matthew writes. Matthew writes, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. All right, so in these verses, obviously, we just read part of the story of Jesus' resurrection. The story begins with two women that go down to the tomb so that they can prepare Jesus' body for burial. But when they get to the tomb, they don't find Jesus dead and buried there. Instead, they learn that Jesus is alive. And right after they hear that Jesus is alive, the angel that tells them this good news, is going to tell them what they need to do to share this information. 
His angel's going to tell them what they need to do to share the good news of Jesus. So let's pick back up in Matthew 28, verse 6, and take a look at what the angel says to them. Here's what the angel says. He says, come and see the place where they lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So, how do we share our faith? Well, it takes two seconds. Two seconds to share our faith. To share our faith, we have to come and see. And we have to go and tell. To share our faith, we have to come and see. And we have to go and tell. But what is that? Let's take it one step at a time and see if we can figure out what it means. We'll start with the first step. First step to sharing your faith is that you have to come and see Jesus for yourself. Because, honestly, you can't share your faith if you don't have faith to share. And when I say that you have to come and see Jesus for yourself, what I mean is that you have to go from just thinking about Jesus as being a person that you read about in the Bible. You have to have that moment where Jesus becomes real for you. That moment where you experience Jesus for yourself. And there's no one way that you can experience Jesus for yourself. The truth is that everyone who believes in Jesus has a different story that they can tell about how and when Jesus became real to them. Like for me, my story of when Jesus became real for me happened when I was seven years old. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that think that in order for you to begin a relationship with Jesus, when Jesus becomes real for you, that it's going to drastically change your life forever. I was sick. It's not like I was running around robbing banks, okay? So there wasn't this radical turnaround that happened in my life. But when I was seven years old, Jesus became real for me. One summer afternoon when I was out playing in my backyard, which is a really weird place to have a cut Jesus moment, but you'll understand the story as we go on. But when I was seven years old, I was going through a little bit of a tough time. Now, many of you know that I'm a military man. And I grew up in a military community around Fort Knox. And when you're part of a military community, when you grow up in that area, you're used to seeing people come and go from your life all the time. And the summer after I turned seven years old, my best friend, a kid named Michael who lived two doors down from us, his dad had been stationed someplace new. So they had had to move away. And even at seven years old, that hit me hard. Because this kid was the kid that on a summer afternoon, we would have been out riding bikes together. We would have been playing catch in one of our yards. We would have been watching cartoons in one of our houses. But instead of playing with my best friend, I was alone. And even at seven years old, I wondered if that's what life was going to be. People always going to be coming and going from my life. Is anybody going to stick with me? Am I always going to end up feeling like I'm alone? And that afternoon, as I was playing in my backyard, something clicked for me that had never clicked before. Because, yeah, I grew up going to church every Sunday. So I had learned and I had heard all about Jesus. That afternoon, I experienced Jesus in a different way. 
Now, I didn't have some vision of Jesus playing with me in the backyard. I didn't hear voices from heaven speaking to me. But that afternoon, it felt like Jesus was saying to me, no matter who may come and go from your life, I'll always be with you. You're never alone. You'll never be alone. That happened more than 33 years ago. And since that moment, Jesus has been with me through the ups and the downs of life. I know that Jesus has been there with me in moments of joy and in moments of sorrow. I know that Jesus has been there with me even when it's felt like no one else was. So that summer afternoon, 33 years ago, I came and I saw Jesus. I experienced Jesus for myself. He became real changed my life forever. And because I came and saw Jesus, because he's changed my life forever, I'm supposed to take the next step we just heard about and how we share our faith. Because I've come and I've seen Jesus for myself, because he's changed my life, I need to go and tell other people what Jesus has done for me. And you know what? The same thing is true for you. The same thing is true for you. If you have come to Jesus and seen him change your life, you need to go and tell others what Jesus has done for you. If you have come to Jesus and you have seen him change your life, then you need to go and tell other people what Jesus has done for you. How do you tell other people what Jesus has done? If you want to tell people what Jesus has done for you, it doesn't mean that you have to start walking around your neighborhood and knocking on community doors and trying to share your faith out with them. You don't have to get in a soapbox and stand on a busy sidewalk and yell out to everybody what Jesus has done for you. You don't need to become a trained, a trained evangelist or feel like you know all the answers about questions of faith to share what Jesus has done for you. As a matter of fact, there are small things. Every one of us can do to share what Jesus has done for us. That's really why we're calling this sermon series One Small Step. We're calling this series One Small Step because we want to show you the small steps you can take to share your faith. That's what we want to do through the series. We want to show you the small steps that you can take to share your faith with other people. And we're going to start right now. I mean that literally. I'm going to give you a way that you can share your faith right here, right now, before this sermon even comes to an end. And all you have to do, all you need to be able to share your faith this way is a smartphone and a Facebook account. And if you're worshiping with us on Facebook right now, it's even easier for you. All right? So, I know this may still feel a little bit weird for some of you, but if you've got a smartphone in your pocket or your purse or whatever, go ahead and pull it out. Pull out your smartphone, load up your Facebook account. If you don't have one, go back and watch the replay of the service later on. We'll walk you through how to do it again in that, all right? So you've loaded up your Facebook app. I'm going to make this step-by-step step in case you have any problems along the way. There is a magnifying glass at the top right-hand corner of your Facebook app. You can click that magnifying glass, and you can type in Melbourne Heights Baptist Church. 
when you type that in, the first thing that's going to show up, really the only thing that's going to show up in the church, in that in search, is our church account. All right? So you've done that. Click on the church's account. Then you're going to go to our church's Facebook page. Once you're on the church's Facebook page, you just scroll down a little bit. As you're scrolling down, you may have the option to either like or follow our page. You got to click that button yet. Do it now. Just say hello. We've got stuff going on. scroll down until you find the video of this worship service, and this is kind of better right now because I'm on the screen holding a screen of me preaching the sermon at the same time, so this is like church inception happening right now. Which is cool. Alright, so when you've got it loaded up on the screen, you're going to see a little arrow down at the bottom right underneath the post that says share. And you're going to click on that arrow. And it's going to pop up and it's going to give you a chance where you can write something, and I actually want you to write something right with us. And you can write something along the lines of, I would love for you to join me for church today. Or, if you're looking for a place to worship, I'd love to have you join me. Or, come and worship with me today. Something along those lines. I'm going to write something myself right now.
God, as we come to you in this word of prayer, you know how hard it seems for so many of us to want to share our faith. And you know, the part of the reason why we struggle to want to share our faith is because so many of us have had a bad experience in the past, and we don't want to cause somebody else to have a bad experience when we try to share our faith with them. But God, I pray that you help all of us to realize that we don't have to be pushy or presumptuous to share our faith, and we definitely don't have to act like jerks when we're trying to share our faith with others. So let us be willing to take small steps, to do little things, to help people have the opportunity to take a giant leap toward you. And God, my prayer, right here, right now, for anyone that's hearing my voice, for anyone that took those small steps of sharing this Facebook post, God, to invite their friends to come and worship with us, I pray that you do, that you take the small steps that we have taken today, God, and that you use them to accomplish giant leaps in someone's life. May today be the first day where a person takes their first step to spend eternity with you. We pray all in Jesus' name. Hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to take the small steps that you're able to take to share the good news of Jesus with others. Because when you're willing to take those small steps, you can help people take giant leaps in their relationship with God. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. But if you come back next week, we're going to be continuing on in the sermon series where we'll be talking about another small step we can all take to share our faith in Christ. So you can come back and join us next week when that episode drops. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. Or you can worship with us on Sunday mornings live on our church website at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We'd love to have you come and join us. Well, until next time, I hope that you have a great week. I will be praying for you, and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.